and enjoy the fun. Spiritual Guide to Politics. I am Liz Philippos, and I'm here to offer an expanded perspective into this moment in our collective political lives so that we come to a deeper awareness of our capacity to transform and transcend the present paradigm as agents of transformation. Each week, I talk with creative leaders about their spiritual understanding of the current political moment the possibilities for the well-being of our planetary lives and the life of the planet itself. They inspire us to know that the personal is political and the political is spiritual. There are tremendous possibilities for transformation when we really come to know this. Today I'm so happy to welcome Reverend Jesse Brune Horan, who is a celebrated spiritual teacher, writer, and lifestyle expert with over 13 years' experience in the field. Jesse's the co-founder and spiritual director of Inspire Spiritual Community, an L.A.-based independent new thought organization serving the LGBT community and its allies. Since launching Inspire in 2010, he's offered hundreds of teachings on spirituality, designed the curriculum for Inspire's professional practitioner and ministerial licensing programs, facilitated retreats, workshops, and group counseling. He leads his classes based on the teachings of Science of Mind, A Course in Miracles, The Way of Mastery, and A Course of Love. Jesse recently joined the LGBTQ Advisory Council for the L.A. Sheriff's Department and has been recognized by the LAPD for his community leadership efforts. He hosts the popular podcast LGBTQ and Spiritual, He lives and loves in Los Angeles with his husband, Christopher, and family. And if that's not enough, he also holds two ministerial ordinations, and he's a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef. Thank you so much, Jesse, for being with us today. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's my honor. Let's start by hearing a bit about uh, your spiritual path. How is it that you have come to do what you do? Well, you know, I've always been a god Guy, I grew up in the Southern Baptist community, and it's kind of funny because I grew up in Seattle, Washington, which is almost as north as you can get, but Southern Baptist wasn't like a huge thing up there, and my parents found the church, but I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the music. I loved dressing up on Sundays. I loved God. I just did with all my heart. It wasn't until I was 13 or 14 that I started to understand I was gay. And back then, I I think that you felt different. Now, I feel like it's much more normalized because there's so much more understanding around it. I was starting to understand who I was and what my sexuality was and coming to terms with that. One thing that I was very clear on is that God, or the God of my understanding, didn't have room in his house for gay people. I had to choose between living an authentic life or staying in the closet and being what I thought was a good Christian. 
the budding hormones of a young teenager made that choice very simple <laughs> because I was really interested in exploring this whole gay thing. I left the church and I just never looked back. I didn't realize the impact that had on my life until much later. My story has alcohol abuse and other things that go along with that. I realize now in retrospect with some life under my belt, that that was directly linked to this feeling that something was missing, the feeling that something was broken about me. I was about 21 that I discovered Science of Mind, New Thought. It was like a new experience of God and what was possible with spirituality. I was totally in. From that point on, I would take classes, I'd meditate, I'd yoga, I'd cleanse, I'd, I'd read all the books, I had a real hunger and passion for this stuff. Either I was going to go down this path where the world sucked and I was a victim and you got to survive, or I had this opportunity to just enjoy a clearing of the slate, you know, and started with a fresh canvas mm-hmm. and I could paint something new and I decided to go that route. I started volunteering at Buddhist bookstores and started doing everything that I could that was free because finding God in Los Angeles was very expensive. I started to feel great. You know, I started to feel better than I ever had in my life. I was drug and alcohol free. But I was also boyfriend-free and job-free. You know, all the things that I was supposed to have to make me feel like I had value were not there, and yet I felt better than I ever had in my life. And it was then where I was like, I have to share this. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, I need to share this. I went back to an evening service, and it was at that evening service that I met the woman who would turn into my mentor. It was just this perfect moment where I feel like my prayer for freedom, my prayer for expansiveness, my prayer for direction was answered, and it came in the form of Jennifer Hadley. She took me under her wing. She held a high bar for me. She trained me. She made me read and study and write papers, and we developed a community for LGBTQ people, a spiritual community for LGBTQ people, and we started meeting in bars because alcoholism was part of my story. I thought Wouldn't it be cool to create something different that LGBTQ people could find when they came looking for community in the bars? Mm -hmm. And so for three and a half years, we met every Sunday in bars in West Hollywood, California, until the community really began to grow and expand. And it was at that point that Jennifer and I decided that it was time for me to stand as the spiritual director of the community. And so Jennifer stepped away from this space um, as the spiritual director. I stepped in. I got my, my ministerial license and ordination through Community Miracle Center, which is actually an organization that focuses on A Course in Miracles as the foundational philosophy and text. With my training with Reverend Jennifer, I was in her classes for years and years, and actually still in classes with Jennifer, and my training with the Community Miracle Center, and then my training as a community leader running Inspire, I definitely feel like I am cradled in the new thought philosophy as well as modern mysticism. I'm just your average modern mystic doing what he can to <laughs> contribute to the vision of unity and, and perfect love on the planet. Oh. Fantastic. That's great. That's a great story. What do gay spiritual people face now, if not the same kind of repression or exclusion or silence around being gay? Some things change, yes, and sure. and still, what might gay people face? 
You know, I, I honestly think that it really varies, and it varies definitely by geography. I run a spiritual center for LGBTQ people in Los Angeles, California. You really can't have a more liberally-minded place. My community specifically is extremely diverse, and we have a strong representation of men, women, cisgendered, transgendered, non-gender conforming people, uh, different cultural backgrounds, philosophical backgrounds. It's a beautiful melting pot, and that really is sort of the vision fulfilled on my end. And I know that it's not the same everywhere. You know, there are some places where people are still afraid to come out of the closet, like anything or anyone really, and this isn't a LGBTQ issue, there's still a lot of people healing shame and also cutting the cords to past narratives about what it means to be LGBTQ, narratives that just are not accurate. One of our main focuses right now is building bridges and supporting our brothers and sisters of trans experience because I think that there's a call to action because there are public displays of discrimination happening at the level of the president declaring that trans people can't serve in the military. When you start asking questions, it just doesn't make sense because really what it just simply is is transphobia or homophobia or femphobia, a lot of misogyny wrapped up in there. And that still needs a lot, doing a lot of work for healing. Like anything for the LGBTQ community, it's healing shame. You know, it's healing a belief that we are in any way less than people who identify as heterosexual. What we do at Inspire is we provide tools to support people in absolutely loving themselves, knowing that they are perfect, whole, and complete, no matter how they choose to express in the physical, being able to practice true compassion, so being able to see the innocence in all people, even those that appear to be opposing us, those who appear to be attempting to victimize or withhold from us, being able to transcend the reaction of doing the same to them. This is really what we're working on collectively. That's great. Can you talk a bit about New Thought and uh, the version of God that you found that made sense to you? (laughs) You know, the thing that I always go back to, God is continuously revealing itself in different ways to me. Mm. As soon as I think I have a good grasp on it, (laughs) something else happens. I'm like, oh, no. There seems to be more. In the introduction to A Course in Miracles, it says, we do not aim to teach the meaning of love. And in this context, love and God are synonymous. So in essence, it says, we're not here to tell you what God is. We can't offer you tools to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's eternal presence, which is your natural inheritance. Mm -hmm. So I align myself with this, that, God is all that there is. It also goes on to say in the introduction to A Course in Miracles that what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. In essence, God is perfect love, and God is all there is. And God's true nature is beyond comprehension. However, 
I can implement tools into my daily life that remove the block to the awareness of love's eternal presence. And so I can experience more and more of God and myself in God. And so God is the creative essence that flows through all things. God is, oh my gosh, God is that perfect moment of stillness in which we can take a deep breath in and breathe out and know that we are completely taken care of. It's that feeling essence tone that I understand to be God. And the fear, the worry, the anxiety, the upset, all of that is the result of believing something that just isn't quite true. Something about God, something about me that just isn't quite true. Something about you that just isn't quite true. And when we believe these false ideas about ourselves and others, we experience Fear. We experience subsidiaries of fear, and that takes us out of an experience of God, out of our oneness. I always say that the foundational principles of Inspire can be simply explained by saying, we are all one, that oneness is God, and God is love. Mm. I tend to try to keep it as simple as possible. It's in the simplicity that true wisdom dwells. When I go back to the basics, I experience so much more peace, and I think it's within that experience of peace, that's that's where we begin to experience ourselves as we truly are. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What do you think, having a spiritual center with a focus on LGBTQ people and their allies, having this kind of spiritual expression in West Hollywood or L.A. or anywhere, What's the impact of your center on the community? What's your impact of the thought that God is love and God loves gay people? The universe is always reflecting back to us our own beliefs. It's a mirror. The more people that feel at peace, then the more peace we're going to see on the planet. That's the solution. It's not about getting the right laws passed or whatever, maybe that's an extension of that, but what we're seeing is an outpicturing of our inner landscape. The impact that we're having in the LGBTQ community is actually the impact we're having on the planet because we celebrate the uniqueness of the LGBTQ experience as we continue to explore the common threads that connect us all. So the emphasis and the focus is really on unity. It's about what unites all of us, all of our similarities, and we celebrate the LGBTQ experience together, you know, because there are, like, fun, unique experiences that we can relate to in the LGBTQ community that other people can't. It's like why it's very valuable to have women's groups and men's groups and groups for, you know, uh, people of color and groups for Uh, people of trans experience and groups for, you know, mothers and groups for fathers. You know, it's 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 a unique experience that other people can relate to that other people who don't have that experience really can. Mm. So, but it's all part of the collective. It's all part of the whole. And so the impact we're making is just simply we're teaching LGBTQ people and allies, the people that come to our service, We're giving them tools to support them in feeling peaceful in their lives. Mm -hmm. And the more peace that they're experiencing in their own lives, the more peace we're experiencing in the community, the more peace we're experiencing in the community, the more peace we're going to be experiencing in the state, in the country, in the world. In our mission statement, we say 
Our intention is to create world peace, piece by piece. Mm. You, me, everyone in the community, those are the pieces of the whole. It also says in our mission statement, we are healing judgment, fear, and shame within ourselves so that we can support collective healing. If we're talking about impact, I suppose like that's our impact, but that's the impact of any spiritual community whose foundation is love, more peace. That's great. That's a wonderful explanation of how it works at the level of consciousness, doing the work of healing ourselves through an understanding of God that is whole and unified. (laughs) That's really great. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Reverend Jesse Brune Horan, spiritual director of the Inspire Spiritual Community. So do you find yourself in conversations with reverends who don't see it the same way as you? That's a really interesting question. I post interfaith panel discussions because I think it's important that we come together and have the same conversation through different lenses. And so I work with rabbis and Christian ministers. Even though the texts are different, even though the languaging is a little different, we're usually saying the same thing. Being a mystic, uh, I think that there's a little less emphasis on the reality of the physical, the body itself, and the importance of the body. In mysticism, it really is, and new thought is the same with this, that life does not begin with birth and it does not end with death. It's something serial. It's something eternal. Uh, continuation of exploration into your oneness. With that, there's talks within that realm, you know, there's an exploration of reincarnation or really the way I understand it, whatever best serves your soul's evolution, the evolution of the soul is what you will experience, you know, and so I think that's the biggest difference. It's the fear of death that will prevent you from saying what needs to be said. It's going to prevent you from taking a stand in love, for love, for transformation. When we can release that belief of death, we can take a more powerful stance and say what needs to be said and take a stand for the vision of unity that we feel so drawn to. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's a great insight. If we thought we didn't have anything to lose, how bold we would be. (laughs) (laughs) And and how truthful. Really, bold is just another way of saying truthful. What do you see, what do you think is hopeful about this moment in the United States? I don't even think it's hopeful. I understand the concept of hope, but here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing spiritual law in action, Mm. okay? Mm -hmm. I am seeing the manifestation of power of the divine feminine expressing itself in bold and beautiful strokes. I'm seeing the light shining brightly and the confusion of the darkness beginning to fade and though the darkness may need to make wild violent attempts to try to convince us that it's still a thing and still powerful it's failing in its mission and the pendulum swinging in the direction of the light for the light is really powerful and profound and I feel as though there are so many more displays of kindness and goodness and just love and holy relationships expecting itself in the planet 
It's just that it appears to be opposite because the media is so focused on the negative and the ridiculous and the, the circus. I have been so profoundly inspired by the women's movement and by the Black Lives Matter movement and the movements that are standing for equality, the LGBTQ, marriage equality movement, all of these things that are proof that unity and equality are at the forefront of the people's minds. The current administration, and uh, you know, which is predominantly white, predominantly male, predominantly, we'll just say conservative, I think that it's just inspiring people to, <laughs> you know, I'm seeing the brilliance in it and the perfection in it, which took me a while to get there, but I'm starting to really see it because it's inspiring so much movement in the physical. So we're seeing a manifestation of a power shift. And you know what? I got to tell you, I, I went and I taught a class to a bunch of kids a couple months ago. These were like high school to college age LGBTQ and ally kids. And they were all sort of politically charged kids, politically minded kids. And, and it was so diverse. I would say maybe 10, 15% max were Caucasian. And so culturally, the diversity was so rich. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is the future right here. And these are people that are going to be voting. <laughs> these are people that are going to be making some real decisions because they're smart and they're paying attention and they're hungry for change. If I was going to say I feel hopeful, I feel very hopeful because of that. But I also see a lot of people waking up to unity. The more that we focus on our commonalities, the more that we focus on our similarities, the more we're going to experience and see in the landscape of politics and entertainment and, and, and everything, you know, uh, shift to unity. I always remind my people of that, uh, to not fall for the, the trick of the ego that's going to make you lean into seeing what makes you so different or makes them so different from you. We're being called to practice true compassion. And true compassion being our willingness to know the truth of all of our brothers and sisters, even if they don't know it for themselves yet. To the spiritually minded individual who is interested in experiencing more peace on the planet, how do you respond to a cry for love? Do you respond with hate? Mm. Or do you respond in love? Yes. And um, the more we really ask ourselves that and stand in that and explore that, I, I really do think that we're going to see a shift. Yes, I think so too. I like what you're saying about focusing on what our commonalities are, especially in a context of a spiritual teaching that tells us we are more than our bodies, more than our minds, more than our sexuality, more than more than this physical reality. It gives substance to the notion of finding our commonalities. Because I think without a spiritual foundation, we go looking for commonalities that are still in the physical, still trying to bridge some gap in the physical when, in fact, we're so much more than that. What's so healing about new thought for all kinds of people that have suffered some kind of persecution based on their physicality? Oh, for sure. At the same time, be able to celebrate the uniqueness of your expression, the uniqueness of your life's journey. Yes. What if, what if we just played with the idea that absolutely nothing has happened in our lives 
that we didn't call into being for the purpose of waking us up to who we truly are, down to our parents, to that awful teacher in first grade that didn't believe in you, Mm -hmm. to the bullies in school, to the attacker, to the mean boss, to the boyfriend or girlfriend that cheated on you, everything that happened, down to, like, the latte you got this morning at Starbucks, you know, everything you called forth into being to support you to wake up to who you are. Mm. And so if we take that ball and roll with it, then we have a really fun game to play at the level of politics, Mm -hmm. right? So, okay, so let's say we called forth this administration Mm -hmm. to support us in awakening to who we truly are. How are we going to take this opportunity, and how is that so? Let's look for evidence of that being true, and let's pursue that. Let's engage the current situation and climate in that and take responsibility for it. Say, we created this. And how did I contribute to creating this? What can I do to shift it if I'm interested in making a dif- having a different um, experience? Or how can I see this as holy? How can I see this as perfect? Mm-hmm. Even if it feels convoluted and scary and wrong in this moment. Mm-hmm. If I don't like the appearance of what is coming up and what I'm seeing, and what can I do to make a shift? What can I do to transform the landscape that I'm observing? It's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that we're pl- and we're playing that game right now, you know, this conversation. This is how we're doing it. Yeah, about taking dominion over circumstance rather than feeling uh, victimized by them and mm-hmm. knowing that we are creative beings here to play. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, wonderful. So tell me what's happening at Inspire. What's up coming next that we should know about? Well, we actually, we just celebrated eight years. So it was our eight-year anniversary. On the 14th, Valentine's Day, we had our first meeting on Valentine's Day in 2010. And we're just getting ready to graduate our first class of ministers. One thing that I really love about Inspire is that we really have become a place that is taking care of, supporting, nurturing, and preparing LGBT community and spiritual leaders. And some of our practitioners have gone on to do fantastic things, heart-centered activism. Both my husband and I sit on the LGBTQ Advisory Council to the L.A. Sheriff's Department. Mm -hmm. We are helping create curriculum to train the officers to better relate with people of trans experience in our community. I really love that we get to do that. We actually have our first big concert coming up, and we're planning it for July. It's our first go at having something, a big fundraising event that's going to be focused in music, and we have a choir now that's about a year old, so we'll be performing and hopefully teaming up with other organizations to have a big, fun performance, and that's going to be July 7th in Santa Monica, and we just launched Inspire You, which is our online spiritual hub for LGBTQ people, spiritually-minded LGBTQ people, and that's offering ongoing class series and workshops and free services, counseling and coaching and all this kind of stuff. It's sort of a way that we're taking the ministry global. We really do hold the vision of being a a hub, a, a light, a source for LGBTQ people really exciting. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. Tell us the website for that. Inspirespiritualcommunity.org. Okay. Yeah. 
And where can people visit uh, Inspire in Los Angeles? We've moved locations. We outgrew our old space, and now we are meeting at the Actors Company LA. They have a theater complex. It's right on the border of West Hollywood and Hollywood, just west of La Brea on Formosa Avenue, 916 North Formosa Avenue. Zip code is 90046. It's a party. You know, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on Sundays. Wonderful. Well, I so appreciate you joining me today, Jesse, and um, I so appreciate the conversation that we've had and also all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for everything of course. that you yes. do. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come share and play uh, along with you today. You've been listening to my guest, Reverend Jesse Brune Horan, the spiritual director of the Inspire Spiritual Community. You can find out more about Jesse at jessebrune.com. You've been listening to A Spiritual Guide to Politics here on KPFK Radio. My name is Liz Filippos. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you joined us. Until next time. Hi, this is Carrie Harrison with Reality Check Live, wishing you a happy pride. You know, KPFK has a long history, 50 years long history, of supporting equal rights for all. Also for celebrating the LGBT plus community all during Pride Month and all year around.